Welcome to the Coffee, Cameras, and Content Podcast. My name is Marcus Visbal. I'll be your host, and this podcast is dedicated towards all things cameras, technology, content creator, influencer, economy related, and so much more. If you like the content, please go ahead, hop over to either Apple Music or Spotify, give me a follow, give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. You'll have to excuse the attire, I'm a little bit rushed, have a ton going on and have to leave town tomorrow for a client shoot out in North Carolina, which is going to be probably about a four day ordeal, but hey, having business is always a good thing. Now, I'm making today's episode because when I first started out, I thought that the camera was everything. And there is so much more required when it comes to video work than just a camera. If you adhere to the idea that a camera is going to get you far places, uh, that, um, it's not good. See, gear matters, but, you know, gear matters more than cameras. Cameras matter obviously, to a certain extent. But, you know, when we look at that, there's just so much more that goes into this. The camera is really just the brains of the operation, if you will. So what we're going to focus on today is putting together an essential kit for those just starting out, for those that don't know too much about the world of videography. And the primary focus is going to be talking head, corporate shoots, and, um, Maybe a little bit of real estate. I would say when you do real estate walkthroughs, cameras matter more than anything else other than the stabilizer, of course. But today's main focus is definitely going to be on corporate YouTube talking head kind of shoots. And if I can help a blossoming filmmaker make the right decisions when they're first starting out, I, I feel like I've I've done my job or at least a piece of my part to the puzzle just because of the sheer amount of misguidance it is on YouTube. The influencer economy focuses so much on cameras, but not anything on lighting and all the other things that are super important when it comes to creating a beautiful image. So this essential kit is going to be taken from realistically the departments on bigger productions, the way we're going to break it down and look at it. And uh, that's going to be camera, grip, gaffing, and audio. And within these departments, everyone on higher sets becomes specialized. So you won't find anyone within the gaffing department touching anything from the camera. Definitely not going to find anyone from the uh, camera department touching anything in the audio department. So if you're just starting out in filmmaking, you're going to have to do a lot more than actually just filming. Um, Assuming that you want to stand out and or you want to get paid to do this as a profession. There's a lot more to filming than filming, as ironic as that sounds. So to get it out of the way, let's just talk about the cameras right up front. In today's world, you're either going to get an APS-C camera or you're going to get a full frame. And the only reason for that is because medium format isn't as accessible as full frame or APS-C. There's a lot of people that still feel that you know, full frame isn't quite as accessible just because of the cost, but it's it's come down a lot compared to what it used to be. And my prediction is that uh, converting medium medium format to more versatile bodies that you find like with full frame cameras that can quickly go between photo and video, that's going to be the next evolution with cameras, specifically because of these uh, smaller cameras that are 
creating a little bit more noise within the realm, right? Like the Pocket 3, we have the iPhone 15 Pro. They don't match full frames. They don't even really come close, though. There are people that will argue that they do. But, you know, with the advancements in that technology, of course, professional bodies are going to advance as well. And uh, yet again, my prediction would be that medium format is uh, going to go ahead and step into the number one slot after uh, full frame as being the most desirable. With that being said, I wouldn't don't go too wild in this department. I uh, I would definitely prioritize a two camera setup when starting out, mainly just because if you only really need one camera for the majority of your work, it's nice to have a secondary safety angle. But also if one camera breaks, you have a backup. So that way it's kind of like insurance. Um, that's why I'd say like, don't go, don't go too crazy. <laughs> you know, if, if you can do a full frame, I'd either go with an A7 IV or a Lumix S52X both excellent cameras, both are going to produce quality, image quality, and uh, both are like tried and true within the world of freelance work. Now, obviously, the S5 II does have that fan on the inside, which almost guarantees no overheating, though that's not actually always the case because the S5 II and the FX3 have both overheated even with that internal fan, assuming you put it into a place hot enough. When coming to this decision, I would think long term on the ecosystem that you're you're hopping into, right? Because with the Lumix, we have the L-Mount Alliance. So you're going to have Leica lenses. You're going to have Sigma lenses. You're going to have Lumix lenses, um, which is nice. There's definitely a lot there. But the E-Mount lens just has so many third-party lenses that are affordable, um, specifically Tamron, Sigma. Those are always the big two when you go up against the G-Master lenses. But of course, you do have Mikey and you also have Rokinon, which a lot of people starting out will usually get Rokinon lenses with their Sonys, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Great that they have an affordable price point. Just be aware they're not the most reliable. And what I mean by that is their build quality. So definitely take that that moment to decide which ecosystem you want to be in. That's for full frame for APS-C. We, we do have Canon, Sony, and um, I think Fujifilm really stands out here. And these are all great options. And I think Fujifilm is seriously underrated and should be taken very seriously as the image quality coming out of those cameras have, you know, really pressed the boundaries of what an APS-C can really do. Absolute, well, APS-C within budget uh, consumer level cameras, I should say, right? Because Super 35, I, I think when I hear Super 35, I think more of an, a legitimate cinema camera, like a RED. When I hear your APS-C, I think budget consumer camera, like a Sony FX30 or a Fujifilm camera. So that's why I said that. You know, these are the main things that I would take into consideration. If you are going to APS-C, be aware that because the lens is smaller, you are going to need more light to fill it out. So if you're doing something along the lines of real estate work, your images are probably going to look a lot more noisy and not be as flattering. If you're within a controlled environment where you are literally controlling everything um, or shooting out even in the daylight and starting to kind of like mesh the daylight how you want it to be. Um, APS-C will be perfectly fine. But if you are doing run and gun, um, I made the mistake starting out trying to do real estate walkthroughs uh, with an APS-C camera and they uh, they didn't turn out too hot. 
and I had to go through that for a long period of time before I could get my hands on a full frame camera. So that is a word to the wise from my own personal experience. And um, that's all I'm going to say about cameras because there's a lot to dive into with bit rates, bit depth, linear versus logarithmic exposure, hearing. If you're interested in hearing more on that, just because there's so much to dive into on cameras, uh, just leave a comment that you'd like me to do a podcast specifically about cameras, full frame versus APS-C, whatever kind of topic on cameras you want, and I'll uh, I'll talk about. But um, next up is definitely the uh, the king of all images, and that's going to be the lighting department. Lighting is single-handedly the make or break of images, specifically when we're talking about controlled environments. I mean, even with real estate shoots, you do have to work with what you have, but coming at the right time of day within a property is definitely going to make all the difference uh, based upon how it comes through. Golden hour is definitely a good time. You either want to get there at usually sunrise or golden hour, usually when it's like noon might make for some good drone shots, but for interior shots, you're going to have that sun beating down and the whole house is going to look dark on the inside and the whole outside is going to look really blown out. So just be mindful of lighting uh, when you're doing run and gun like that. But I digress. Moving back to corporate talking head. If you want it to look good, you're, you're going to need a kit here. And, um, what I'd say is you're definitely going to want a high output cob light, which is a chip on board, which is like these tubular bodies with nothing but that little flat piece uh, that's an LED panel on the front that puts out a lot of light. Um, I'd say for your key light, get a 300 water or better. The more power you can have here, the better, but also understand that you're going to need other lights. So don't just splurge on this one thing. You know, you're also going to need a light dome. Um, a light dome is definitely going to be the cheapest modifier for you when you're first getting started. You know, it's also the fastest to set up so you can get in and out, put the grid on, control directions, uh, meaning like no light spill and stuff like that. But if you're going to get it majorly into lighting, um, start to look at scrim setups along with flags, reflectors, and um, negative fills. Uh, because the more you get into li to lighting, the better you get at lighting, the better your image is going to look. If you are really good at lighting, you can make a $500 piece of crap camera look beautiful, assuming that it has a decent chunk of megapixels, records in 4K. And um, even in 1080, man, there's it definitely can look good, assuming that you understand lighting. So that's cool, right? We have our key light, but there's also a ton more here. And if you're if you're in an office setting, right, like you're going to need to control those office lights. And sometimes the zones don't flip off. If you're working with drop ceilings, this is just kind of for someone that's a little bit more experienced, has been doing this a while and is looking for like modifiers to help them in that situation. Go with the impact scissor mount for drop ceilings because you can like clamp them onto the drop ceilings, put super clamps on it and then hold like a three in one reflector on the black end pushing that light back so that way it doesn't spill into your scene. And that's just like a little little trick I learned when shooting with another guy that is absolutely talented. Um, I watched him do it and was like, holy shit, that's amazing. So with that being said, right, we, we have the key light, we have the soft box, and what I'd recommend is getting one of those three-in-one reflectors. It's a little bit larger, and that's so you can have this as a cheap piece of kit that you can use as negative fill or a bounce or to like help block out things. And plus, usually... These things are under $100, and anything that's under $100 within the world of filmmaking is like, oh, thank God. Um, yeah. W another thing that you're really going to need here is going to be stands. 
I go with the tried and true C stands with sandbags just because I've done the air cushion stands with light domes and whatnot, and then they start to to kind of fall over. And if you're on set and one of your lights falls over, it is a very unprofessional, terrible look, especially if you're like just starting out and you don't have like the insurance for that day. I go with C stands because they're heavier. They're going to they're going to sit there. They're going to take the weight load and then you load up the largest leg with uh with sandbags and it's going to hold it down. Air cushion stands are great for like smaller modifiers. Like let's say if you're looking at a Light Dome 3 versus a Light Dome 3 mini, if you can get away with like a small 60 watt to 100 watt light with the Light Dome 3 mini, you, air cushion stands will be fine. Same thing if you're doing like work with flash photography, air cushion stands are definitely the way to go. But um, that stands, right? Now we, we need to take a look at hair light or rim light, right? And for my freelance work, I have a four pack of tube lights. You can most likely get away with two here. I do enjoy having the two extra just to add fills where I can, but I always use two that are dedicated towards uh, either the hair light and the rim light or um, just some fill light to push it back. And I, for my freelance work, I have the Godox TL60s and I also have the egg crate to go on the front. So when I have a hair light, I can control the direction so it just doesn't blast light everywhere. Um, so I can be very much so more precise with where the light's going. I usually do clamp a second one on the stand as a rim light or a fill light. You know, yet again, that is, that is two, right? If you do need some fill light, that, that four pack will come in handy. You can lay tube lights on the ground very discreetly. You can also clamp them to different things and put them out of frame to add some pop um, and get them closer to the subject. Or not the subject, but closer to the fill area. Um, that's why that four pack of tube lights is crucial, in my opinion, just because you can do that. So to recap here, we have one cob light, which is a high output. We have four tube lights and... We have stands and a cheap reflector kit, right? The other thing I'd say is if you need a lot more fill light or you want to add texture to the image, you're going to need a second cob light. A gobo attachment is going to be great, meaning like a projector. Go with the 36 degree angle as opposed to the 19, which is usually the two standards because you're not going to be like terribly far away from the from the background that you're slamming the gobo on or get a lantern so that way you can just pump light everywhere assuming you're doing like more high key work and everything needs to be you know uh lit up so that's that's two cob lights which one of them's an high output here right one of them's for fill or texture we have the stands we have the cheap reflector kit and we have some tube lights so camera's done. Basic lighting kit is done. Up next is audio. And uh, you're going to want redundancy whenever you can. If you can get redundancy or if you can't get redundancy and just need clean audio that works right now, go with the Rode Wireless Pro Kit or the DJI Mic 2 Kit. Now, the DJI 2 Kit requires you to buy the lav separate, but I'd go this route. And the labs on the road aren't normal lav mics. The way that the mic is, the pickup part is actually on like the flat face of the lav pod, which is really weird. So you can't just hide it with some stickies and some fabric cover because then it's not going to get the proper direction that it needs to. So I'd, I'd recommend going with the DJI Mic 2 specifically with their proprietary mic, uh, lavalier mics. And that is like, just the most basic of audio you can get. And I would highly recommend that. That will go a long way. If you can and you have the budget, definitely get a boom mic because a 
boom is going to sound better and fuller all the way around. And um, the lav mics can be used as a backup just in case there's some interference with uh, with the boom mic. And between the two, it's going to ensure the uh, best audio is captured. But keep in mind, if you are doing a boom mic, you're going to have to get an audio recorder, something like a Zoom F3 or like a Tascam X4. Um, I always recommend 32-bit float these days just because you're going to future-proof yourself. And there's a lot of people that say no one needs 32-bit float. And it's like, that's true, technically, but no one needs like a microwave. No one really needs a computer. No one needs AC in their car, right? But it makes life a lot easier. So if you can get the 32-bit float, that's what I say, right? Um, and uh, we do want to keep this uh, this light Um the whole kit. So, you know, hold that lav mic where you can and uh, don't worry too much about the rest. So now that we have all this, right, we, we have the audio, we have the lighting, we have the camera department. The next thing up is going to be rigging. And with the camera, you're definitely going to need a tripod to lock off the shots. Um, not technically rigging, but can be, and we're considering it grip right here. So Keep it light, but keep it stable. If you're doing panning and tilting shots, please take note that you are going to need a heavier tripod that is made for cinema cameras. I think the cheapest and best would be like the small rig trailblazer. The reason is because if you try to use a photography tripod and you're doing pans and tilts, the tripod itself will become more unstable and shake and create really terrible imaging. So I learned that the hard way and I really hope that you don't put yourself through that because there's nothing worse than going to a paid gig and showing up and then doing work. Um, and you're like, this thing's going to work and it doesn't work. And then you send the footage over and you don't get paid because they're like, this is absolute trash. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Back to the, uh, the grip, right? We, we do have the C stands and we have the arms that go along with it. And we're going to need a bit more than that. And I'd recommend some super clamps, roughly about four super clamps, uh, if not more, and you're going to want to get them with the 5A snap-ins. Um, and that is to have a little bit more length. Um, and even more so, I'd say get two swivel pins and two Matthews knuckleheads. And um, you're definitely going to need some 5A to quarter-inch adapters. And um, the reason for that is just to have solid rigging on these C-stands. I've uh, tried to use a lot of like these other magic arms and things like that. And they just don't hold a candle to actual rigging grip gear. You can find a lot of this on B&H. I highly recommend just going through and looking at whatever grip gear they have because you're going to come across something and be like, oh shit, that's going to help me. If you're doing event or video or real estate, you're definitely going to need a gimbal, which is technically would be part of like the camera operation and grip department. Gimbals aren't cheap. And what I recommend, if you can find a used RS2, not the pro kit, because you're not going to use the focus motor unless you actually have cinema lenses. And if you're just starting out, you do not have cinema lenses. I can guarantee that. I would prioritize literally just getting the gimbal and the tripod and then invest that extra money into some small rig handles and learn how to use your gimbal properly. You can just get any kind of USB-C to USB-C data cable that's small length and connect it to the top one and connect it through your camera so that way you have more control directly through the gimbal. And of course, if you can't afford it, go with the RS3 Pro. But I... There's nothing wrong with the RS2. The RS2 is tried and true, and I didn't really feel the need to upgrade to an RS3 when I got the RS2. Just word to the wise. And 
Of course, for outdoor stuff, you're definitely going to need an ND filter. I use Freewell and Tiffin. I recommend Freewell, though, for the magnetic kit. Uh, also, Tiffin kind of produces a really ugly green color cast, specifically with their variable NDs, and you will get the Cross-X vignetting. And Freewell release um, magnetic ND CPL filters that specifically don't vignette. Let's take a quick review. So for the camera, we we have two with lenses, with accessories, meaning SD cards and batteries. Um, for lights, we have a key light, we have a fill light, and we have tube light. For audio, a bare minimum, we have some lav mics, right? For grip, we have stands, we have tripod, we have gimbal, we have super clamps, swivel pins, knuckleheads, and quarter-inch adapters. And already right there, you can see that the grip kit is uh, very well uh, kind of packed out. And also, before I forget, for that lighting, we also have a light dome. Or if uh, you invested in it, a cinema scrim which would be absolutely absurd to start out with unless you are a gaffer with this kit you'll be you'll be amazing assuming you take the time to learn it would definitely focus your efforts on camera operation and lighting as your main thing as a freelancer the audio i recommended they're all 32-bit float so everything can be saved assuming the mics are placed properly and you're using proper mic technique assuming you have that down you'll be able to save it in post camera operation and lighting camera operation and lighting and if you're uh, serious about doing video, if you actually want to get paid, if this is your career path, this is the most basic setup that will cover a lot of bases. If you can't make this kit work, I'd say you should rethink what you're doing for a living and really ask yourself if you want to do video work. Either that or ask yourself if you want to do freelance video work because if you literally just want to do one thing, you're going to have to pay to join the union and then you're going to be in that department on very specific things once you start getting picked up. But uh, that pay is not nearly as much and um, just be mindful of that. So I would say that this kit's going to serve you well, and I can, I can rest assured that everything within here is going to be good because I had to do a lot more with a lot less when I first started. I and mean, what I'm giving you is like a cheat code to like where you need to be. If you got something out of this video, if it helped at all, I ask that you please like and subscribe to this channel to help get this content out to more people that need to hear it. Please head over to Apple and Spotify to uh, follow the podcast in case you want to uh, road trip with me or commute with me on a daily basis. With that being said, you know, yet again, please, 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 whatever support you can give. Definitely want to make it as easy as possible for people getting into video to not have to make the same mistakes I made. I've wasted money on tons of stuff that I like either break or, or excuse me, broke or just don't use anymore because it literally has no real practical purpose on set. Uh, if we can help save somebody else from doing that, it's a beautiful thing. So that's it for uh, this coffee break. I will, uh, I'll see you next time at the, uh, the coffee table. Have a good one.